Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome. This is episode 168 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking in pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Ann, and I'm joined by a man who has recently been voted the uh, the world's most lookalike person for Richard Dreyfuss's character Hooper from the original Jaws. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? I'm good, Robbie, but I, I'm not sure that I take that as a, as a compliment or not because I'm um, another movie I've never seen, mate. Would you believe it? Well, funnily enough, I'd never seen Jaws until last night either because Ruben oh. keeps saying he wants to watch Jaws, right? And I said, mate, you don't want to go to the beach as it is, let alone yeah. then if you watch Jaws, yeah. Yeah. We, will ne- we will never get you back to the beach again. Yeah. Um, and so Christina and I were flicking around on one of the many streaming services that we um, have because, you know, you sign up to them and then you always forget to get out of it um, and found Jaws. And we thought, well, look, maybe we should just, you know, ever the interests of being good parents, let's have a look and see just how appropriate or inappropriate this would be for an eight-year-old. <laughs> So yeah, having a look at him, so just sort of flicking through, waiting to see, yeah, you just flick through, wait until you see red water and they go, right, let's stop and watch this part. You go, oh, yeah, that's probably not a good part for him. Oh, hang on, that's probably not a good part for him. But um, Richard Dreyfuss's character, Hooper, I don't think he plays some sort of a oceanographer, absolute dead ringer for you, mate. I mean, back when you had the um, a bit more sort of curly hair, but the oh, yeah. beard, the glasses, Christina, I would look at each other just gone, that is Lewis. That is 100% Lewis. So there you go. Have a look it up on uh, on, on Amazon Prime tonight if you want. And, uh, well, still not a fan of watching Jaws, mate. Being someone who surfs and likes the ocean, I've always had a thing that I just don't want to watch Jaws. I, I've got enough fantas- fantasies, enough, uh, <laughs> enough yeah, fantasies enough in my years. life that, yeah, yeah that, you know, the uh, imagination, but let's say when we, when I get out there surfing, you always, always the back of your mind, try and push it away. So I don't need any more encouragement to know what I'm, what I'm missing out from. But when you, you, don't, it, you don't have to watch the part where he's getting ripped in half. Yeah. You, know, you just watch yeah. the part where he's just, you know, in the way, no, he doesn't, have, he, he, you know, spoilers for anyone that didn't see the movie from, you know, ripped in half. What? No, he doesn't get ripped in half. He, when, he survives. When when you said a lookalike, I thought maybe you'd watch one of many uh, Jason Statham's uh, many many movies, mate. When you're talking about a lookalike of myself, but appreciate that. Well, yeah. we actually saw him when we were watching the the trailer for the Meg, another giant shark oh, movie. Yeah, that, no, um, don't watch that. He said, said, "All right, Ruben, I'm not going to let you watch Jaws, but okay, I'll let you watch the trailer for the Meg. Two and a half minutes. What could go wrong?" He literally jumped about three feet <laughs> off the couch in a couple of spots. Oh. Okay, mate, this is this is the reason why it, you're not gonna watch Jaws until you can sit through Ghostbusters. Nah. If you can't you oh, can't Ghostbusters. handle Ghostbusters, you can't handle Jaws. We put on uh when uh and when Stella was very young, we put on Ratatouille for her. 
Oh, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. She's three or four years old. I thought that'd be fine. Put in, popped in front of her. About halfway through, she starts crying uncontrollably. And we're like, what happened? She goes, the rats got separated in the sewer. You know, they've obviously gone down two tunnels. They've just gone into a Y yes. shape and separated. We're like, oh, they'll get back together. It's all right. It's all good. She was just, she had to turn it off. It was just <laughs> inconsolable. So anyway, but, I always said, I always said that to the kids, look, it's not Bambi. So, you know, there's always hmm. got to be, there's got to be something to drive the Characters got to be something to try and drive the narrative. Anyway, welcome to Two Vets Talk Talk Movies. Um, oh yeah, what, what's, what's happened in your week? <laughs> well, a little bit of feedback this week, mate. Uh, oh, you know, nice. Uh, yeah, from from last week's podcast, uh, we uh, you mentioned, um, you know, you mentioned the podcast how you, you'd been viciously attacked by a, a wee little wee little wascally a wascally wabbit. Did a little little wee scratch on your little arm. And yes, yes. Put that, put that uh, picture up on, on this, on uh, onto Patreon for. for oh yes. Patreon. And oh gosh, mate, it was. Is it, it not, was a lot of, a, not a lot of? Not a lot of. Quite a vicious scratch that it was. It's a uh, a few comments about how just uh, is that an infected hair follicle? Yeah. There? Is every, <laughs> is Robbie all right? Because there wasn't a lot of. You did talk it up a bit, mate, last week. So it wasn't wasn't much of a scratch, really. Unfortunately, I had West healed. Really, Rapid. It had healed up pretty well. Maybe what I should do is go and hunt through and find the uh, the picture from our work Christmas party a couple of years ago when I got uh, kicked in the back legs by a rabbit and I had three massive big scratches on my chin right up into my lips. Yeah, wow. that is a, that's that's probably more impressive. I'll see if I can hunt that one up. That was a, was it. Were you trying to kiss the rabbit in uh, where it shouldn't be kissed? Or were you pulling it? Were you pulling it out of a hat as part of the the you know the Santa sort of magic trick? Was was that what you're doing at the time, mate? Absolutely. I'm just holding it up by its ears out of the oh. little top hat. And it's just oh. kicking around. Oh no! Oh no! No, no. <laughs> no he was not listener. No, 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 was no I wasn't doing that. Listen, no, no. Um, no. it's 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 amazing how lucky rabbits' feet are, are much more lucky when they're actually still attached to the rabbit, and rather than when you're trying to take take it off. You know, no, no, the, no, the, the don't, no, don't, no, talk no, about no, no, don't, feet. don't listen no. to that either. No, anyway, we also have a bit update just on a, a welfare issue that uh, at the Labrador that um, uh, that vomited up a couple of starfish. Uh, oh which, yes, uh, had those those pictures on Patreon as well for our lucky Patreon uh, subscribers. A uh, couple bit of a comment. Just wondering if I release the starfish after they were vomited <laughs> up. <laughs> I took them back down to the water and I set them free. Yeah, I gently, free. gently. Well, I went out in a boat, of course. You know, about yes. into the middle of the ocean and just gently caressed them in the water. You know, trying to get a bit of, uh, you know, motion. Gave them a kiss, Rex Hunt style, just oh, in good. the water yeah. gently, and then just let and them they go. To your face like I haven't seen laid it. eggs haven't inside seen. your inside your esophagus. What? Yeah, I haven't Ruben seen, seen that one either. Ruben seen that one? No, no. But I, but he does I, know that it's game over, man. Game over. Yeah, it's right. uh, you know he knows the lines from the movies. But I haven't seen it. He's 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 eight. I can't just have him sit down and watch Aliens just yet. No, but anyway, no, not even until he's not. Wouldn't wouldn't go with Jaws either. <laughs> I don't reckon. Anyway, what's been happening your way, mate? Uh, so um, gee whiz, it for, fleas, fleas, enough, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's been it has been a um it's been one of those weeks where so we've had a vet student um in this week and uh talk about what an, an amazing week for her to be there because we have just been smashed from pillar to post every day this week like we've been had massive cases in the mornings, in the afternoon. So people have been sticking around until late trying to get things done. Um and so my brain's a little bit fried, but 
Yes, thank you for reminding me um, that I've started seeing some animals with fleas again now. So now we're starting to get these couple of warm weathers. Um, And actually one of them was in a cat. So, you know, usually you tend to not see a whole lot in the way of fleas on cats because cats are pretty good at being able to lick the the fleas and sometimes the flea dirt off them. So it's this little Persian cat um, and he's got ear infections and he's been, you know, wearing his skin and everything. I said, said, oh, I saw a couple of little black flecks and I said, look, I'm pretty sure this is flea poo. He's gone, oh, no, no, I don't don't think it'd be flea poo. Never, never is. Never is from the owner. No, Never no. is. No. So, you know what? I mean, we might just put this on a little bit of a tissue and, oh, yeah, no, so see how it's turning red? And, oh, yeah, no, I still don't know. So when fishing through and I found a couple of fleas, I go, ah, well, here mm. we go. You know, this is this this is not dirt. This is the flea that then makes the flea dirt that's done the poo. So, um, but yeah, just a, a bit of a, uh, a, a get ready, everyone out there for fleas, because I think uh, now that the weather's starting to warm up, at least here in Australia anyway, um, now that uh, the weather's starting to warm up, we might start to get a bit of our flea explosions. Yeah. And just for the listener out there, the, uh, the little test that Robbie is doing there, little if you find a little bit of black sort of dirt and you're not sure if it's uh, if it's from a flea or it is just dirt you can uh you can get that little little black piece of stuff and put it on a bit of paper white paper or tissue just get wet it a little bit and just smear it around with your finger and if it if it turns red that shows that it's it's um the feces of the flea um yes. which which contains uh dried blood and, and let you know it is flea dirt if it's red it's flea dirt if it doesn't go red it's just dirt it's just dirt dirt yeah, dirt, yeah, dirt, dirt from the garden, dirt from the exactly. dirt from your fingernails, somewhere else. Not exactly. Fleeting. And with the busy week you had with the the work experience student on on board, mate, has Sean been giving you know, regular lessons on nail trimming out to them? Is he? He sort of said, "Look, guys, all right, I'll, I'll let you. I'll show you a little trick I learned that nail trimming. That uh, I'm the I'm the guy here, the go to the nail trims. Maybe maybe showing them how to do an anal gland or, or three. Is that is that is that what's been happening?" Well, interestingly enough, I did have uh, a, a a quite a special little nail uh, nail trip this week. A friend of the show, the real Mister H, bought his uh, bought his little puppy in to see me this week because uh, she'd been uh, ripping up the leather the leather couch a little bit, so he was a little bit worried. And so, I thought, bring her on in, that's fine, no problems at all. Mister H will give her a nice give her a nice trim up. So, uh, so he came in this little groodle, just all hair and fluff and everything, and yeah. just trim, trim, trim. Show like so, get get it where it's where it's thin, you know, then you're not going to have the yeah. did, such a positive experience. Did you, did you bring Sean in just for a second opinion on the nails? Did you, did you you know, get a bit of expertise in there? No, look, I've, new I've, grad. I've, I've, I've got the handle on this one pretty well. I think Lewis, it's, <laughs> yeah, up, right. it was, uh, yeah. So, and then brought her into the clinic and, you know, sat her on the table and have some liver treats and all oh, good girl, little Winnie, nice. how good's that? So, um, so yeah, I've actually got another, uh, another, Another yeah, follow-up question from Mr. H for uh for, for later on in the show. Oh gee, yes. we excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, hope those hope those marks are still coming good for Camille, being Camille's teacher and all. So uh this week an interesting one as well. And I thought I'd run it by you, mate. I had a um uh, a client with uh with um, two cats, uh, uh two cats in the household. One cat, normal body weight, yes. second cat getting very overweight, you right. know. And, and sort of usual sort of chat with the owner. Not and, just uh, big boned. Wasn't just big boned or no, had a really, really fluffy coat. Yeah, not comfortably plump. No, no <laughs> fat. 
No, obese, obese, morbidly obese. Morbid, right? Okay. Yeah, and uh, and so I had a bit of a chat to them, and, and the owners have really switched on. They said, "Look, we have been trying everything. You know, yes, the the um the larger cat does steal the food um mm. from the other cat, you know, and the other cats are just like, oh, whatever, take it. You know, so we we actually did purchase a microchip feeder, and uh, and for 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 the listener out there, the microchip feeder basically works on that it only allows the cat that has one type of microchip in there to to um to eat from that food and would theoretically stop the other larger overweight cat from mm. getting in there and eating the the smaller cat's food, which is great. And I said, oh, that's good. So how's that sort of going? Well, and I've never heard this before. The overweight cat learns that when the smaller cat goes in and has a bit of a feed and walks away from the microchip feeder, if it rushes in fast enough before it shuts the feeder down, it can oh, eat all the food that's left over. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. It's getting like, exercise. How good's that? It's working on its sprint work. I couldn't believe it. But apparently just stands, must just stand right there. Just lurking, lurking. Yeah, waiting. just lurking. And then maybe even kicks the other one out of the way. I don't know. I was like, oh gosh. I thought, oh, I don't know. I've never heard of that. I thought, isn't that interesting? The things, the things you think will work, but this cat's smarter than everything we thought would work. So over to you, mate. Uh, thoughts, on, <laughs> thoughts on what you do there? Uh, yeah, I, I think the um, probably the best way to do it I think would be to get a, some sort of like a um, uh, treadmill um, that's just right there next to it. So where just as, as tubby cat comes running up to try and get to the feeder, you can have another microchip reader there. So when it senses the micro, his microchips nearby, it kicks this, this treadmill going. So the treadmill just starts to work. So the cat actually has to run a really, really long way. So then what we can do is we can then work out the amount of kilojoules that it's then burnt off on the treadmill that then it can be allowed to go and eat from skinny cats. Right. Food. How is that? Is that some sort of a workable solution? Yeah. Do you think we've got well, something in that? Well, maybe what I did suggest is I said, you've got a rather large cat here. That's not particularly agile, <laughs> not particularly able to jump very high. Yes. So let's put the microchip feeder up on the, the kitchen table. Excellent. Or somewhere elevated. Yep, with no chairs around it, so that uh, so that uh, the smaller cat can get up there and eat what it wants. But unfortunately, the overweight cat's not very good at leaping up at high levels. So we'll have to keep. Uh, I imagine that's probably helped a bit. I think so. That's what we decided to do. So excellent. excellent. I've never had a cat that smart that they sort of wait until till it's open and the other cat leaves and then dart in there and eat all and gobble all the food down. Where there's a will, there's a way. Hey, yeah, it sounds like yeah. it definitely. Yeah. Hey, um, now tell me, um, how much do you love taking out um, baby canine teeth out of dogs when you're when you're desexing them? Like out of ten, where where ten is, it's the greatest fun thing oh. that you've ever done in your life, and zero is like you're trying to pull your own teeth out of your ear hole. Um, yeah, yeah where, where does it sit for you? Yeah, it's only only sits one up from uh from those puppies that have got healthy teeth that you need to take the bottom canines out because they're pushing into the top hard palate. Yeah, 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 and they're they're totally healthy. No, it's not not certainly not the funnest job, mate. Not at all. No. So uh, so yesterday we had uh, one little dog that came in for castration that had four deciduous yeah. canines, right? Mm. So he's in for castration, four deciduous canines and a tear duct flush. You know, so so they, they're taking out the teeth and taking uh, doing the tear duct flush took about 
six times longer than what it did to actually do the castration. The actual surgery, yeah. Um, and then another little one that had um, had three. So I had seven deciduous canines to have to take out in the one day. And it's interesting because this little one, she's a little sheltie and she had that, that uh, what we call linguoversion. So where that lower canine is sitting in, you know, it's, it's too far close to the tongue. So it's going to be at risk of going up into that hard palate. So we better get the tooth out from next to it and see whether or not we can start to do that little ball training and see whether or not we might be able to, because the, I took an x-ray so I could see that the root of the tooth hasn't sealed over yet. So hopefully we might be able to try and deviate it yeah. out, but yeah. yeah. Seven, seven deciduous canine sitting oh. on a tree, you beauty. And like, oh man, you know, it's, um, I came home and I said to Christina, I said, oh man, I just, I've just had deciduous canines coming out my bum today. Mm. Seven, seven in two dogs. And so, your technique, mate, are you just gently with the elevator or do you, do you sometimes do a bit of an envelope flap and open them up and surgically? I, I usually try and do them, um, do them gently, gently with the elevator, yes. you know, yeah. um, and until they snap and then you've got to <laughs> go surgery looking for them, which is not fun. Mate, I, I got, um, I got, I got six of them yesterday, six of the seven, you know, wow, that that's way, impressive. Which, is, which is not, which wasn't bad, but um, it, 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 it is just, you know, it's so frustrating because it just takes so long to yeah. try and do them. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, as you say, yeah, once you go and start making the envelope flaps and you start doing that, you're, caught, you're creating more trauma. And, oh, mm. man. oh yeah. Which, yeah. You know, for the number of times that, you know, pups are running around, you know, I can't imagine that when the dogs are running around and they, those deciduous teeth then, you know, come out, the whole tooth isn't going to come out. Like it's got to no. be that they're with the root, with the chew toy and they just, yeah. off they go yeah but anyway yeah we've got to try and do the right thing of trying to get it all out oh definitely mate definitely and so if that puppy was coming in for a procedure mate what those two puppies what could you give them just to make them a bit calm when they came in well i'm glad you brought that up so there was uh, and it might be something that you um might be able to help out with that little uh, little poodle that you were telling about earlier um that <laughs> yes. stressed out after a visit yes. but it had a stingy injection a little bit of zilkeen mate alpha cazozapine very my thank you uh, 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 great people at vet kennel um uh, very very uh, great sponsors for our, our podcast calming uh, medication nice and safe uh, can be used in conjunction with other medications or alone um what a great what a great product it is yeah fantastic product definitely and also a uh, big thank you to uh delicate care the australian uh australian made product uh, made from uh some of the finest ingredients you can get for your pet uh over in perth there and um they, they got some great products they also got the cherish brand i had a uh I uh, had a client come in the other day and uh, and say to me, oh, you know, what, what are you feeding your dog, little puppy? And they said, we're feeding it Cherish. And I said, that's a fantastic wow, there you food. go. Yeah, that's a fantastic. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a new one. It's great. Um, so get it on board. You can get it at your pet shop. Good stuff. Wow. And did you, did you talk about the tremendous quality and about the the professor that's the, the, uh, that put in all of it, all the details and everything into the into the recipe so you know that it's primed for growth? Or you just said, no, that's pretty good and then moved on to something else because they're yeah. already on something good. Yeah, yeah that was all, all sorted. No need to go into it. You don't, don't need to <laughs> do sales pitch to something that's already selling well, do you? Eh? Absolutely. Yeah. Good results from it, definitely. So, yeah. And also, a big thank you to our Patreon guys. There are a few pictures on there. Get a, get on board there. You can see uh, Wobbit's Wobbit's little waskly little wee little squats he got from the little waskly wabbit that gave a little squats his little photo there. In fairness, I heal really really quickly because I'm so healthy. 
I'm very, very healthy, Lewis. So yeah, well, as soon as I spring a leak, my body's just on it, just trying to trying to get it closed up. It's a, it's amazing how quickly I'm like Wolverine. When we when you sent me that photo, and I thought, can I really put this up? And are people going to pay two dollars to see this heel bit of skin? I, I even scratched it a bit to try and get it a little <laughs> bit redder. Because <laughs> when I looked at it, I thought, this is really, really ordinary. You know, this is and now we've got to talk yes. about it. It's going to be. It's 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 less it's less traumatic for me to try and scratch my arm to make it bleed again than what it would be for you to cut that part out of the podcast. So <laughs> you really talked it up, mate. You really talked up. You great job of that. So oh. go and check it out on Patreon. But thank you, thank you to listeners uh, that uh, our Patreon listeners. We we certainly do appreciate you guys. Now this week in the news, mate, you've got some uh, some stuff on on from the um, National Dyslexic Association. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. So what we're talking about here, this is from the Times of Israel, Lewis. Right. Gone, uh, gone very internationally, gone very Euro. So mm-hmm. uh, from the Times of Israel, Tel Aviv will test dog poop DNA to find owners who don't clean up. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, right, eh? So Tel Aviv has found an innovative way of dealing with dog owners who don't clean up after their pets in the city streets, testing the excrement's DNA and sending a fine to the owner by mail. The city council on Monday approved a motion. I like what they did there. <laughs> setting up a DNA database and stating that dog owners will be required to submit their pet's genetic details to authorities upon receiving or renewing a license, Hebrew language media reported. The validity of current dog licenses will expire six months after the new ruling takes effect and the new licenses won't be approved unless owners give over DNA details, the report said. Wow. Regulations won't apply to guide dogs or to dogs kept by animal protection organizations. The amendment to the law was approved as part of the municipality's persistent fight against a phenomenon of dog feces not being collected by their owners across the city. According to the city council, it had previously tried to hike fines on dog owners who did not clean up, but violations remained prevalent. The existence of a DNA database of dogs in the city will make it possible to perform samples of feces on the street, thus enforcing the law against the dog owner even after the offence has been committed in a way that will address the main challenge in enforcing and eradicating the phenomenon. In April, the city launched a campaign that called on dog owners to clean up after it found that there was a significant rise late last year in complaints to the municipality over such incidents. There were 6,766 calls and inquiries made to the city hall hotline over dog poo left in public spaces in 2020, according to the Ynet news site. The cleanliness of the public space is an integral part of the city's appearance, the municipality said. So how's that? Wow, and any um, any sort of uh, response from from uh, from Israel Post at all? The the local posties just just wondering if uh, those how those six thousand seven hundred samples are going to be mailed into the, the the town hall to to be tested. Are we are we going to? Are they just flat packed, or, or what are we doing? Are we how we how are we getting those? How are we going to send them up, over there? He's picking up a plastic bag and just like just chucking them in the. In the, just dropping them in the in the mailbox. How's that sort of work? 
Well, I think because they can test the DNA, what they what you do is just walk in with a big bucket of the dog poo. And so they just run it and they just find however many different parts of the DNA are in there. So, um, and there's not there's nothing in the article about um, any canine civil libertarians that are worried about the, the, the government holding their DNA, worrying that the, that the yeah. municipality will create some sort of super canine by being able to isolate the, the prime DNA, like a, um, a Arnold Schwarzenegger in Twins. That's not a scary yeah movie so you may have seen that one <laughs> yeah well what about when they use the database dna to to catch out you know for other crimes that have been committed in the local area like uh yes like maybe there's been a a uh, a dog fight or a a um or a murder a, a canine murder yes one dog's yeah. murder another and they can uh you know is there any you know that's a civil libertarian issue isn't it Maybe a stolen dog toy. Maybe they'll be able to find you know, a stolen dog toy and then be able to either A, find the dog that stole it and B, return it back to its owner. Exactly. Will they be solving some cold cases maybe, do you think? Very cold cases. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rather than... Yeah, and so this is rather than the old technique where I think they just would have a sniffer dog sniff the, the poo and then try and keep running around until it would point to another <laughs> dog's bottom and say, this is the one this that is it's the one. from. Yeah, very reckon- difficult. Do you reckon that are there, are there many Israel Israelis that are that are pranksters? Do you think? Do you think if you if you've got a dog at home and you, it's time to renew your license, and you, you've got you know similar to to when you turn fifty in Australia and you've got to just mail off a little bit of the old the old you know S H one T S H one T to the uh, to the government just to just to get, <laughs> just to check that you haven't got any you know any any sort of uh, you know cancerous or blood in the in the stool. Um, do you think any of the the owners will be looking at the little container that you've got a mail in there, and 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 you know perhaps they're looking at the container, then they look at the dog, and then they might look at themselves, and then they're sitting on the toilet, and then they're thinking, "Hang on a second, is this I wonder small container going to hold something a bit larger, perhaps that I can send in and and get my DNA tested." Well, you, you possibly, but are you are you alluding there with um, when you're talking about the government um, sample? Are you saying that our our government is then using our poo samples to get a DNA uh, sample from us once we turn fifty, Lewis? Is this a is this a, a true vets talk vets exclusive? Or how do you think they caught the poo jogger, mate? Oh my goodness! You yeah. heard it here yeah, first. Mate. True crime. Yeah. Hey, we, yeah. we, 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 if we start talking about true crime like this, mate, we are going to start <laughs> rocketing up the podcast charts. Everybody loves true crime podcasts. Yeah, true crime. True, two vets talk pets. Cr- true crime. How about poo crime? Poo crime. Like that new TV show with Martin Short and and Steve Martin and Selena Gomez. You don't know about that one. No, oh, I sent you the link about it. Anyway, oh, right. you, saw, you sent me the link. I saw it, but I don't know anything about it. Like it's oh. not. Um, I'm too busy watching, watching, fast forwarding through Jaws. Oh, right. Fair enough. Now, further in the news this week, moving on, we um, yes, the uh, there's a little bit of stuff. Uh, uh, you know, the World Health Organization, mate. I have heard of the World yeah, Health yeah, Organization. Yeah. They, yes. they um, they finally announced this week, officially announced that you cannot contract. COVID-19 from your dog. Oh, really? Um, oh. And so and so essentially dogs that were previously held in quarantine and have now been released in Europe. Um, and so just to be clear, who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? And, th- and then if the dogs, when they do let them out and the dogs do a poo, then Tel Aviv will be able to work out where they've come from and then find them appropriately. 
Very nice. That's just for the listener trying to keep the dog jo- the uh, the dad jokes up. You know, nice. to be or not to be. Had a little bit of feedback on that during the week. So there you go, everyone. Just another dad joke in there to to keep around. But furthermore, uh, on the COVID front, there's a little bit of uh, stuff in the news this week. This is from abcnet.net.au. Yes. Uh, authorities have warned people against acquiring drugs through back doors. Ooh. After a man who ordered COVID treatments, in inverted commas, in inverted commas, yes, online presented at hospital emergency department with vomiting and diarrhea. The Western Sydney man who recently presented to the Westmead Hospital overdosed on ivermectin <laughs> and other treatments, according to Westmead oh, Hospital. And other treatments. Yeah. Hospital toxicologist Naran Gunja. There's no evidence to support the use of ivermectin to to treat COVID-19, he said. Don't look for magic cures online and don't rely on what's being peddled on the internet because none of them were. Yes. He said the person was lucky not to have developed severe toxicity. Some vets and pharmacists have noticed a recent increase in demand for ivermectin and are concerned people are going through back doors to access the drug instead of getting vaccinated, which is something that is proven. To save lives. Yes. Very, very well put, ABCNet. New South Wales Chief Health Officer Kerry Chant today asked the community not to take their health care into their own hands without seeking expert medical advice. Make sure you got health care provided by a health care practitioner and that you seek advice before taking any medications. It is important to seek the best health advice our doctors in Australia are across the literature in terms of what drugs and therapies are useful in COVID. Please listen to them. So essentially ivermectin is a medication that, uh, that we use uh, for parasites, bites and worms. Um, yes. Predominantly. Very good for killing things that are organisms, not viruses. Virus, yeah. And, uh, you know, we used a lot in larger animals. So a bit in horses, yes. sheep, cows, that sort of thing. So a vet's job is to look after animals, but sometimes they have to be on the lookout for when owners use their pets as an excuse to get hold of a drug for themselves. Mm. Robbie Anderton, who spoke oh. to ABC on condition of anonymity. I mean, not sorry, <laughs> Tom. Tom Tom, Tom, who spoke to ABC on the condition of anonymity, is a vet in uh, in Waverley, and he says, "Sorry, sorry, uh, yeah. Perth. That's Perth. right. There's there's a, there's a Waverley in Sydney as well, so that's fine." Oh. <laughs> so, so Tom from Perth said he recently had a suspicious conversation with a woman seeking ivermectin. Mm. I was a bit confused as to what was going on. He said, I "Asked the lady what she wanted the ivermectin for, and she said she wanted it for her horse." At which point I said, well, you should probably ask a horse vet, Robbie yeah. said. Or, I mean, Tom said. And she kept changing the subject, saying uh, she wanted it for different animals. It sounded right. similar to when sounds similar to when sometimes you get clients who get suspicious of you when they want you get suspicious of when they want strong painkillers. Mm. But at the time, I had no idea what she wanted. Robbie became concerned more people, uh, Tom came concerned more people could be trying to obtain ivermectin for personal use from vets. And he's since put the word out to some of his colleagues. All right. I've definitely made sure that everyone in the clinic I work at are sure of the link. So if people ask about ivermectin, then receptionists and nurses are aware what they're probably wanting it for, he said. Ivermectin is a medicine uh, is effect, has effects against parasites, mites, and worms. It is used in both animals and humans, both as a pill and as an ingredient in shampoos and lotions. 
Wow. Um, is, there a, is there an Ivermectin? I don't necessarily know if it is. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a spot on, unless they're calling it, you know, the, the Ivermectin ah, spot-ons that you can spot get. On. The drench yeah. sort of, yeah. The, the, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, spot on drench, yeah. All right, Andrew McLaughlin, the Dean of Pharmacy at the University of Sydney, said there have been a few specific authorised there are a few specific authorised uses for the drug. In Australia, really, it's recommended for different types of worm infections, particularly roundworm, a particular type of mite called scabies that people can have on the mm. skin, and also an inflammatory process called rosacea, he said. After some initial test tube studies showed ivermectin may have an effect on the COVID-19 virus, it sparked several trials around the world. Professor McLaughlin said the studies were of varying quality. He said the best review of the evidence to date from the Cochrane Library had not recommended the use of ivermectin. Their analysis is that there's not enough information at this stage to decide whether or not ivermectin is effective in preventing or treating COVID, and he's not recommending it until we know further information about that. Now, I guess, interestingly, the um, not friend of the podcast, Joe Rogan, all right. Yes. Yeah. Not probably not. Not. not, not no. I wouldn't no. have thought it. You wouldn't I, listen. I, I, I don't think, think so. we're across Joe, Joe Rogan's radar. No, he's probably number one podcast in the world. Yeah. We're probably just just below him. I mean, not somewhere know, on is, there. Yeah. I don't know if he listens to the competition to the, you know, the first loser that we are. But um, but he got COVID recently. Right. I don't know if you saw, and he, no. uh, he put a post on Instagram saying that oh, after. Some monoclonal therapy, uh, you know, antibody therapy, and uh, some ivermectin, and this and that, and mentioned all these unproven remedies are much better. So right. I think that might see a spike in ivermectins. Being yeah. quiet about it, the vet. Absolutely nothing at all to do with the fact that he's got an immune system. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Zero, exactly. zero, zero to do with the fact that he's got an immune system. Oh, no, and if he'd had a vaccine, he probably wouldn't have got sick at all. No, no, no. Good on you, Joe. What, yeah, a, what a wonderful. Yeah. Well, we better be careful. I mean, he's got a big backing behind him. For oh, all those wow. listeners, listeners that listen to Joe Rogan as well as us, thank you, thank you, welcome. Yes. You know, well, and, welcome. and 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 don't Please. don't call us to try and get ivermectin because you're no. not going to get it from us. No, that's right. Not, you're not going to get it from two vet talk pets. That's definitely right. Spot on, <laughs> mate. Uh, hey, uh, just as a um, oh, one other thing that I was. Um, you know, when you're talking about sort of battles of podcasts and things, just as a mm. as an interesting thing, we had a uh, there's, there's a Facebook group that um, where a lot of Australian vets get on and you know sort of talk through things and talk to each other about cases and things like that. And somebody asked recently about um, about podcasts, so they're a, 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 a it must be a lecturer or something. And they say, Hey, you know, does anyone know any good podcasts that they want to oh, try and uh, that they yeah. can try and speak to? Yeah, well, and so. You know, a few a few of the um the distinguished uh, competition got um got mentioned. <laughs> um, you know, the ones that are angled more at the the more highbrow, you could say, side of uh, of, of veterinary podcasting. Cerebral, so we cerebral. say cerebral, <laughs> much more cerebral. <laughs> yes, yeah. I don't think they reviewed Jaws at all on any of those <laughs> other podcasts. Anyway. <laughs> There's been nothing about Joe Rogan taking ivermectin. There's and been no no chat, no chit chat about sending SH1T from your dog off to the government. No, at all. None of that. At all. No, guaranteed. Not, not in that sort of cerebral space. <laughs> 
That's that's where they live, and this is where we live. Yes. And so, and, and, and so nobody was mentioning us, Lewis. What? You know? and, I, and so I thought, you know what? Because I'm under a, a pseudonym on uh, on Facebook <laughs> anyway. So I thought, you know what? I might just put on there something. And or I, met, what I think we I mentioned uh, a message to you. I said, oh yeah, we should we should try and put something on there. And um and then you said, we idea you to put something on. Yeah. Like, right, bang, you're on. Done. So, so I've, so I've put on there and I, uh, so my reply was, I think it was something like, um, uh, I hear the two of its talk pets podcast was in the top 100 Australian <laughs> podcasts in 2019, which is true. Yes. Because you know, we sure. voted at number 100, you know, with a whole 47 votes. So that's it, great. Definitely top 100. We yes. Top 100. Yeah. Um, the cerebral podcast can't say that. No, uh, not at all. No. Didn't see them on no. the list. Not, not with throwing shade, but hoity toity no. cerebral <laughs> topics. No, you know, not us bottom dwellers around there at number 100. So, anyway, and so then it, it we got a little bit of traction. Admittedly, it was all from, you know, work colleagues and people that I went through uni with, you know, where people were going, Oh well, you know, I hear the hosts are incredibly handsome and very <laughs> modest. And I go, oh well, thank you. Thank that you must very be us, Lou. Yeah, That's well, great. yeah. Well. Funny you should say that, but here I am, <laughs> top one hundred. Uh, very so anyway, nice, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether or not we've seen a spike in the uh, uh, in our, in our listenership of that that particular uh, you know, lecturer, whether or not she has pointed her uh, her young impressionable charges to the more cerebral side of the uh, the veterinary podcast spectrum, or I don't know, maybe putting a finger on the pulse of the way life really is, Lewis. The, the non-cerebral side. The non-cerebral side. That's no. us. That's I, mean, right. these, I mean, look, let's be honest, Lewis. I mean, if these kids are spending all day in lecture theatres and they're going to be spending all this time, why would they want to be listening to a cerebral mm. podcast? Listen to something a little bit lower brow. And you're going to go, I could achieve that level. And if <laughs> they can do it and have successful careers, so can I. I like it, mate. I like it. The... the uh, the, the the real we're the real vets, aren't we? Potentially those out in the doing the best every day. The re, the, exactly. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. The, doing the, their best. Real life. Real life vets. You know the yes. real life vets of Melbourne. <laughs> yes, but uh, but you know if the other podcasts are listening, that's great. Whatever that podcast is, whatever those yeah, ones are, let's go, guys. Anyway, we've all got a niche, and that's fine. They've got their niche, and we've got our niche, and everyone's happy. But anyway, it was, <laughs> might was, be a good was, time. Yeah, might be a good that, time to get on the disclaimer just to make not? sure we don't get sued. Yeah, all advice on this show is generally nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following advice for your pet. We will do our best to provide the most up to date information. But as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if we've missed anything or if you need any clarification or if you do actually, in the end, find a cerebral. Yes, yeah, if you do find us cerebral, we probably let us know. Must be a brief moment somewhere in there where we get cerebral. Yeah. Every now and again, a little nugget of cerebral knowledge would, would poke out, I reckon. Definitely more nuggets, though, than, <laughs> than cerebrals. Definitely. And with our DNA all over it. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be some pranksters in Israel. <laughs> it's got to be some pranksters. Uh, this is, um, I saw a thing. Uh, this was sent to my dad. Oh, right. G'day, g'day Dr. Kirkham. One, yeah, the, one the, who do, doesn't necessarily... Kirk doesn't necessarily listen for the cerebral aspect. No, he's after the, the grit. Yeah, def yeah, definitely. This is something he sent to me about, he saw it in the Australian newspaper. Um, and it was a little article just on uh, 
uh, on technology and a new app that was available. Right. But, um, that could tell you how your cat is feeling. Oh, nice. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. You know, it's based on, uh, it's, uh, what's the app called? Called Tably. T-A-B-L-Y. Okay. If the listeners out there want to uh, want to download it onto your chosen uh, device that device. Uh, yeah yep. that that, you, that you've got, you can go and go and check it out in the the respective store. Um, and it's based on a study in 2019, which I think we talked about in the podcast before on the feline grimace scale. Yes, yes, we did talk about the grimace yes. scale. Yes, and I'm not sure. I should go back and uh, and uh, and check which episode that was. But <laughs> if you search a feline grimace scale on the on the podcast, I'm sure sure you can find it. But essentially, what what this study had done, uh, which I'm just trying to see where it was, which uh, it was out of the scientific reports and nature in 2019. So it's pretty, pretty oh, highbrow journal. A, a weighty tome. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just saying that, um, uh, you know, how you can look at uh, the facial features of the cat and determine perhaps how painful they are. So, yes. you know, the, the taut muzzle, the squinted eyes, the ears rotated outwards and just give you a good idea of how content is your cat at the time. Mm. And it was, I think it was more designed for perhaps vets and vet nurses in the clinic because it's very difficult to read feline body language and assess you know, how comfortable they are, whether they need some pain relief and that, that sort of thing. So, so I went and looked in at the, at the, uh, at the app and I, no, I sort of shirted up and they had a little article that was in Wired magazine that they linked to. And I thought, oh, let's have a go at that. And so, is my cat happy or not? Excellent. Is a question that's been haunting owners of notoriously inscrutable felines since forever. But it may soon be answered thanks to a new app. The prototype app dubbed Tably, previously happy or not, was released by Sylvester.com. AI, right? See what they're doing right. there. Use a photo of a cat to determine its level of happiness based on facial expressions. The app was launched after developers discovered the feline grimace scale or FGS, a scientifically validated tool for assessing acute pain in cats based on changes in facial expressions published in scientific reports of nature in 2019. The big challenge with cats, cats is they don't express when they're in pain, said the developer's vice president of product, Chris Brown. Uh, no, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Chris O'Brien. O'Brien, right. Yes. They go and hide. So they're saying when cats are in pain, they'll go and hide. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Makes sometimes it hard to check their facial expressions then. Yeah. Well, I think that's his point. That's uh, it. Oh, okay. Right. I got you. But, but they don't always go and hide. If your cat's in pain, it no. might bite you too. And it's yes. as well. It might get upset in another way. Um, whereas a dog, he says, will come in and whine and nuzzle you if they're in pain. So you can see where we're yep. sort of moving away from a little bit of a behavior kind of perspective. I think dogs won't necessarily nuzzle you or whine if they're in pain. No, we know that. We know that for sure. Again, hide and, and they and, may hide. Yeah. Yes. Yes. As well. But also they may show aggression too. If you yep. do something painful, acute pain. So then we, uh, then we get on to, they've obviously had a chat to Paulo Stiegel, who was the lead order of the FGS publication an associate professor of veterinary anesthesia and pain management at the University of Montreal. Um, and he created the FGS scale um, 
to be used by veterinarians, vet techs, and cat owners and vet nurses. Um, while the F- FGS is available for, for public use, uh, the the app has been coupled with the machine learning to make it more accessible to the general public. The app picks up relevant points on a cat's face, maps them out based on the FGS, and shoots out a reading, happy or not, along with a percentage. <laughs> the percentage isn't correlated to the level of happiness, but rather the level of con- confidence the machine has. Oh, with okay. a high quality and full face front image of the cat, the accuracy is 97%. Well, done. Adult cats with adult cats of most breeds, which are tremendously, which we are tremendously happy with. Says right. the so apps, they should be. The app's senior product manager, Michelle Priest. According to their own survey of pilot app users, cat owners mostly use it to know how a cat is doing after having undergone a surgery or to understand why a cat is constantly hiding in the home. Okay. It could be used to decide if you should take your cat to the vet. Mm, yeah. Or you could ring your vet. Yes, or yep. even an end of life decision. Now, that sort of thing probably needs to be discussed with your vet as well. You may have a cat, had a cat for 18 years, but you don't want to suffer. No, you don't. Also, this one guy said he wanted to find out why his cat was howling at night. Right. Steagall who developed, this is the scientific guy, developed the app, uh, didn't develop the app, sorry, developed the FSG scale, did not comment on the validity of the app as he was not involved in its creation. But he says that in any application of the FGS, context is everything. He uses a photo of his own cat taking a nap as an example. She hears some background noise and she has her eyes partially closed and her ears backwards, he says. So she would get a high score on the Grimace scale saying that you, you should probably give what we call rescue analgesia, but she was not in pain at all. She was just sleeping and paid attention to the background noise. Now, being the uh, right. scientific person I am, and yes, having cerebral, a cat. Very cerebral. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Listen up, cerebral listeners. This yep. is, this yep. is, this this is, is where is it gets you. Yep. We're uh, you know, 45 minutes in. This is your little nugget <laughs> of cerebralness. <laughs> <laughs> Open up your ears and get ready to re- get ready to receive. So, Olive, my own cat, lying yes. upstairs in the sun, beautiful sun directly on her face, happy as can be on her side. Yes, not not purring, but no, very happy, content. From a behaviourist perspective, the cerebral side of me says, very happy, very so, happy, good. Downloaded the app. Yes. Took some nice photos of Olive. How did she score? How did she well, rate? Yes. Funny you should ask that, Robbie, because I I'm gonna share with you how Good. she scored. One, I took I took one, two, three, four. Five, five shots. That's a that's a good, that's a good mm. representative sample. Yes. Yeah. N equals one to the power of five or something yep. like that. Spits more cerebral than I understand. First one, current mood of your cat, not happy. Oh, 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 but taking a photo of it, but that's right. Let's not jump to well, yeah, she was asleep P- potentially. Yeah. No, she was awake, eyes are open. No, no, uh, and then a little bit of a comment from from AI from Sylvester.ai. Yep, we're 99% sure your cat is discontent. <laughs> now, well, she is a cat, and we, now, know, we, know, we know that Olive doesn't like a lot of stuff. Now, now, in the, in the vein of uh, Jim Carrey and in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. So there's a chance she's yeah. not discontent. A 1% chance. 1% chance. 
This is usually temporary, just like with humans. If you continue to see this result over several days, it's a good time to start thinking about going to the vet. Right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Let's take next one. All right. Next photo. Happy. Oh, what one. a turnaround. We're 92% sure. Oh, okay. okay. Right. Can't move you. Next photo. Must have been pretty quick after. Same again. Happy. 92% right. sure. Good. Good. Third one. Now, remember yes. the first one. Not happy. 99% sure. Yes. Third, uh, fourth photo, current movie cat, not happy. Not happy. What percentage? We're not 96% sure. So they're not quite as sure as what they were earlier, <laughs> but they're still pretty sure. Still pretty I'm, sure she's unhappy. I'd love to know what happened to make that 3% change. Yes. Three, go from 99 to 96%. This is it, usually temporary. It's very sensitive. Very it, sensitive. It is. I mean, you, it is. You're talking maybe two whiskers pointing in a slightly different angle, Lewis. It's a snapshot in time, isn't it? And maybe, yeah, absolutely. maybe I'm looking at the big picture too much and not just cutting it down into the sections, fractions of a photo. Fractions of a section. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, and final shot, not happy again, 96%. So, oh, right. Three out of five, so sixty percent of the time, in a in a in a space of of thirty seconds, she was unhappy. She was unhappy. Unhappy. Six, happy. Happy. Unhappy. Unhappy. But there's a four percent chance that she might have been happy in two of those, and a one yes. percent chance she might have been happy as well. So I'm just not really sure where we go. Me. Yeah, gee whiz, it's a it's a very it's a very sensitive tool, isn't it? You got to be careful with sensitive tools that yes. sometimes sometimes they can be open to misinterpretation. Nothing like an oversensitive tool, mate. No good, no good. No. Not, not very. You got to be careful if you're a <laughs> cerebral person with a very oversensitive tool. They might be one and the same in many respects. <laughs> Certainly, they they are mail in about our podcast talking about their. Their cerebral podcast, they could certainly be an oversensitive. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we don't want to get more legal term. We already had no. Ron from the road for the cat lover cat show. Lover show. Yeah. The man in the hat. We don't want to have other people on the stuff. And also the people about the app. All I can say is that's what it showed. Yes. And that's all you can do. You can only report the facts. Exactly. And how confident they were. Exactly. So go and download the app and let us know, listener. How how happy is your cat? Or run yeah. Yeah, maybe you could do it on Melvin, mate. I'll Give do it on Melvin. Feedback during the week. I mean, he was out there lying in the sun out in the garden. I've had to know. I could have gone and got you some uh, guts. No, I'm sure we'll, get, we'll be able to get some data, especially when he's doing home learning on Camille's lap. We'll see. We'll see whether yes. or not he is happy or unhappy with Camille when she's doing home learning with him being on her lap. Yeah, and I, I have to be honest, I, I did do some other photos of Olive uh, last week. Not a happy cat, mate. I'm just not a, a happy cat concerned. in general. No, no. Maybe some rescue analgesia is on the card or a visit to the vet. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. A very cerebral vet would help. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got a few yeah, of those yeah. at work. No, we haven't got any of those at work. Well, we have got. <laughs> no, I don't know what we're saying. No, I don't no, know what no. saying. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> anyway, All um, right. So Speaking of cerebral people, um, I've got another question here from um, from Mr. H with his puppy problems, uh, Mr. H being Camille's teacher. Um, right. And so we were talking last week about crate training, something else that he wanted to find out about. So they live in an apartment. So they've got a, um, a an outdoor sort of decking area. And um, he said to me, how long until she's going to stop pulling everything out of the pot plants? 
And I said, oh, gee whiz, that's going to be a tough, uh, it's a tough to try and peg a number on there. As I remember Rosie, when she was a puppy going and pulling out every single one of the carrots that I had growing and you know, nothing was safe in pot. We had one plant that was safe in a pot and everything else just got torn out and ripped out. So just pulling yeah. out the carrots or she might just absolutely just, just, just pull them out. And she pulled one out one day and then Bugs Bunny was attached to the end of it, you know, and, and then, <laughs> and, and then and scratched the crap out of my arms. A little wee little squats on your just arm. A, a, a terrible scratch. It was horrible. A wabbit, a wascally wabbit. And that, and that was when my, my immunity, my antibodies, the anti-rabbit antibody started building up right at that point. Um, so I, I said to, I said to Mr. H, I said, all right, look now where things are going to be tough at the moment because she doesn't have any other way of trying to investigate the world other than in her mouth. And she sees something, pulls it up and goes, oh, that was fun. So maybe mm. I'll try and do it with something else. Mm. So I said, you know, sometimes I will grow out of it, but it might be worthwhile trying to get some something else for her to play with yep. that helps to try and generate the same sort of feelings for her without it actually necessarily being a pot plant. So something that she can pull out and destroy whether or not it's a pot that you know, you've got some food buried in or like a little uh, toilet roll holder or something with some food in there that she can pull out and rip up and go, Oh, well, look, I've gone and had that. And then once she's enjoying that, whether or not you can start to introduce a pot plant back in again, you know, what are your thoughts? Do you have any, any sort of gems of uh, your cerebral ideas? <laughs> well, it could make an interesting chat when the, you know, when the Zoom camera is on Zoom for school and it pans down and there he's got 10 pot plants on the on the deck or with or with toilet rolls sticking out of them, just, just out growing it. toilet rolls. Poor Mr. H, you get a bit of a <laughs> bit of a comment. Uh, what's going on there? It's a bit up. <laughs> Mr. Johnny, H. you're not growing the plants out of the toilet roll holder. You got the toilet roll holder in the in the you know, she'll pull the pot <laughs> uh, pull it out. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, I like, I like your idea. I, I I guess my concern is is making something uh, that they're allowed to play with that looks too similar to what yeah. they're not allowed to play with can be, you know, maybe maybe there's not enough uh, sort of um, differentiation between. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, that is the main thing. Like you said, is yeah, we will grow out of it eventually, um, and uh, it depends a little bit on is it occurring when he's there or when he's not there. I mean, if ah, he's right. if he's not there more difficult i suppose in that you probably you know it's sort of like when you get a new puppy and you put all your your electrical cables up off the ground and you know and you you try and puppy proof the house that's that's kind of what you sort of got to do um but if you are there and we're sort of keen to go to the pot plants then you know, i'll be more inclined to if he's looking like we want to just calling calling the dog over pop, 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 you know and yeah. like you said having something that, that we're allowed to do and it doesn't need to be the same sort of uh, you know, feeling activity. as in, yeah, activity as in pulling plants out of the ground. It doesn't really need to be that. It just needs to be something that's actually more enjoyable than doing that. Yeah, and a classic one with 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 puppies. You know, dogs is generally something food related. So like a yeah. gong toy, or you know, any sort of toy with some food in it. Um, you know, some peanut butter or Vegemite. Um, for our overseas listeners, Marmite, maybe, yeah. uh, you know, uh, cream cheese, you know, the Kong paste, anything at all, something that's uh, stuffed with chicken, whatever it might be, something, and you call us over and then you give that to us on our mat in a place 
to where yeah. allowed to be in it. And, and, and over time we'll start realizing, well, hang on. I'm not, I don't get a lot of fun out of grabbing that stuff in the pot plant. Um, but hang on. If I do think I want to do that, if I go to my mat, yeah, then I will get something that's really enjoyable. Yeah. Cool. There's sort of two things. Three things, I suppose. One, one is we're going to grow out of it. You know, you know, Rosie, I'm sure doesn't go around pulling up your carrots anymore, mate. Uh, <laughs> and thankfully, uh, thankfully, yeah. otherwise, otherwise my eyesight would be terrible. Yeah, and then uh, number two is, uh, you know, probably just try and restrict that area a little bit. Um, number number three is trying to give us something else to do, distract us away from it when it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you've got a a backyard situation and. Uh, and the dogs sort of digging in an area which you're not really keen on them digging. Really good thing is to make a sand pit or make a designated area where we are allowed to dig. Um, yeah. That's more, more, not, not more, less for your decking type scenario, but more for your backyard scenario. And you have an area they're allowed to dig and you bury lots of fun things, you know, like your toilet roll holder, mate. If you, yeah. if you so desire, I want to want to yes. do that filled with some food or something fun that we can really get in there and, and dig it up. And we're allowed to dig in those areas. So that can be a good thing or a sand pit, like a, one of those clams, you know, the clams, big plastic yep. clams. Yeah. For the big kids. Plastic the, clam, yeah. They, they uh, kitty bath, fill that with sand and that sort of thing. And you can put things in there and that their areas they're allowed to dig in. So yeah, not, not, not sure. I've got a, got a real hefty cerebral solution Answer? for no. Mr. H. But uh, but hopefully a little bit of a little bit of an idea of what he can do to help him help us yeah, help help him out. Excellent, very good. Well, thank you very much, mate. And if uh, if you've got any questions that you think might uh, yeah we might be able to help you out with uh, with. I don't know, you know, with puppy questions or with other cerebral topics you'd like us to try and cover, why not send us an email to uh, twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com, search for Two Vets Talk Pets. Uh, we're on the, the the social things as well because, you know, Lewis loves it when he's trying to catch up with uh, what Joe Rogan's treating himself with today. And uh, <laughs> and otherwise, um, I reckon that's a rapidy rap rap, mate. Definitely. If you're in Israel, maybe, you're uh, and you listen to the podcast and you, you're a bit of a – Perhaps a prankster, and you've sent in a little sample to the to the uh, to your local uh, town council. Hall. Yeah, council. <laughs> maybe maybe a big bucket of a steaming pile, uh, like they dump on the other front doorstep of Richmond or Punt Road there when things aren't going well. Yes, yeah. let us know. Let us know. Get Why on. Not? Us. Let us know how you from. get on. We'd love to hear from you if you're over there. And uh, how's things going? How's yeah. how's uh, how's going? Sending the samples to the municipal <laughs> the town hall there. Alrighty, guys. Excellent. Scratch you later. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.